You are listening to Arnold with William McCarthy live from Oaxaca, Mexico. It's me, guys. I jumped over the border and I ain't never going back. The law is chasing me, man. Had to go underground for a little minute. <laughs> I'm here in this, like, unbelievably gorgeous, profound place that is Oaxaca, Mexico. I'm here working on music as well as doing some woodworking. It's going to be a part of my series next year. Um, or sorry, this year. 2020. And full disclosure, I'm hiding from the snow, let's be honest. However, I realized something when I made my New Year's resolution in that um, I really want to figure out what joy is again. I'm trying to find my bliss and I couldn't think of a better place than, than Mexico. So I'm here and if anybody is freezing in their town and winter's getting you down, I've never seen any place like this. Just on an art level, this place is, it's absolutely breathtaking. And not in like a, in, 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 in a different way, and I'll explain. I've never seen artisans like this. Murals, cuisine, textiles, fabrics, tiles, handmade mezcal. And the four days that I've, I've been here, I've seen so many people dancing. I've seen a funeral. A couple days ago, there was a marching band, and I ran out to see what it was. I wanted to take some photos. And it was kind of a mix of being completely solemn and also like jovial. And the procession stopped at high noon, and there was this, this church bell, boom, The band put their instruments down. The sun's shining off of them and everyone's very solemn. And the families are holding these big bouquets like you'd see on like an Ash Wednesday or something. And the priest was speaking and these, these gentlemen picked up the uh, coffin and started carrying it into the church. And I stood there as the wind was blowing Bong. It was like a Western. Uh, uh, hey, Larry, go ahead and cue Tumbleweed. It was like straight out of like, like, like a spaghetti Western. It was phenomenal. So that was like day two. I've seen people dancing in the streets. I've seen people playing horn sections in the streets. I've seen um, uh, mariachis. I've seen families dancing, old people. And it's not put on. It's 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 part of the fabric of these people's lives. It reminds me a lot of New Orleans in a in an interesting parallel universe. I wanted to talk about color. The relationship that we have with color. Every place has their color, be it some adrift, strange architectural nightmare like the strip malls of Central California and stuccoed olive garden nonsense that we have to get raised, the Chipotle that we stand in line in, 
the 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 drab aspect of corporate life, right? I've never seen so so many things made by hand. These murals are gorgeous and when we talk about color, we really have to look at it like all color is beautiful in its own right. Um, one man's avocado is another man's poopy baby diaper. One man's <laughs> Soviet Union taupe is another man's crappy bouquet at a Filipino barbershop. Um, when you go to Scotland, they have like tweed, like deep olive colors with like burnt siennas and there's charcoal colors. And these threads are woven through these tweeds and it totally makes sense in that environment. Um, when you go to London or New York, like, you know, my cousin Vinny, everyone's wearing like black turtlenecks and it's this black sophistication kind of headspace, right? When you come to the third world, I just came back from Cambodia and I'm here now in Mexico and color is a thing to celebrate. Now, I might've said this before in the podcast, but I've long fantasized about changing all the project housing, AKA the council estates, public houses, or whatever you want to call them in New York, they're drab. They look like, they look like Chernobyl. They, they, like not the, the power plant of Chernobyl, but like that sparseness that we all saw in National Geographic. The projects have this sparseness and I wish I could pass the McCarthy law. If I ever, if anything ever happens to me, good luck trying to pass that bill, but uh, pass the, pass that. But I think they should all be painted different colors. I think people should be able to vote in the projects and have honor and dignity and add color to their lives because it does so much. I just came from New Orleans this summer. I was in, I was in Cartagena, Colombia, and I saw Colombia, like, and I see what color can do. Even, even in the most humble of places, it offers this dimension to it as, that's celebratory. And I think that in the United States, we really get shortchanged on that quite a bit. Like we've come to accept, um, you know, going to the Gap and big luxurious parking and going to the, uh, to the mall and sitting in the movie theater. Just, you know, corporations really don't have that to offer, do they? they? They have a product to offer and an experience and customer service, but they don't have that. Now it's in reverse here. I feel like customer service, huh, you know, I, as I'm speaking, I'm wondering how the podcast is gonna go because there's a chorus. There's like a literally a choir of dogs. I would say 40 dogs in the vicinity that are howling and barking all day. It reminds me of the favelas of Brazil. And uh, you go up into these sort of um, twists and turns of these cobblestones up into the higher hilly areas of which that's where I am. And these dogs are barking and I'm like, how am I gonna do a podcast? But there's something about the color and the environment that it just doesn't matter anymore. You just kind of go with it. Last night I ordered a meal and I ordered a, <laughs> I ordered a couple small appetizer, appetizers in a main course. And like the main course came first. One of the appetizers never made it. I ordered a coffee that didn't come and the bill came and it had all of those items on it. I wasn't offended. I 
went and talked to the guy. He was, you know, he was this like profusely sweating, you know, teenager kid running up and down the stairs. And I just thought like, there's just something where it all bleeds together. I got picked up in a cab today. The guy was working in his cab with his wife. <laughs> it was him and his wife being in a cab. So I just, I love this. I love, I love how chaos and disorganization like you'd see in say Italy. It's just this like buzzing, like spinning loud craziness, but it all kind of works in its own way. Um, this place has that and it has soul. I mean, flamenco off in the distance. Hearing, um, I think they're called boleros, like ballads. Like off in the distance, someone like people clapping, otra, otra. Like I heard that like my first night. Um, seeing a, a little skinny dog in an alleyway. And you wonder where lyrics come from. This is where lyrics come from, where they come from. They come from your version of this in your mind and then your observation of this in real life. So let's not sugarcoat it, guys. It's been a weird week. We have an impeached president authorized to make drone strikes. And a killing. It's a, an authorized killing that he did. And we had our own version of a goddamn Cuban missile crisis this week. And I'm not laughing. I'm, um, you know, entertainment's funny. I think a lot about our psyche. And I think about television. I was always told it was not good for me and that I should get outside and go play with my friends or my brother or whatever. Go ride bikes. Get out of the house. Quit watching TV. What I didn't realize is that it was basically a vehicle for commercials. So what drives television? Is it this amazing entertainment and let's throw in a couple commercials? Or is it commercials and that's where the money is and let's build some, some entertainment around that? Anyways, on the long term, our psyche, I really do wonder... Do we start getting a bit corroded? Do our minds get a little bit corroded? Because all I saw after this Iran thing, this drone killing and this whole protest and 60 people died and they bombed us, is I saw a bunch of people like doing memes and all this crazy like Twitter stuff of like, Iran's got me like, like a picture of Pat Morita or like some bizarre like cultural reference that doesn't make any sense. Or just like a little chubby kid in the front seat of a car doing the home alone face. And I'm like, this is society in somewhat of decay. I've really got to say that. So as I'm here in Oaxaca, I'm seeing people dance. Now, I have a friend that lives in the suburbs in Southern California spent a lot of time at his house and there was a time where I was thinking about moving there but I just I just kept asking in this in this suburb that he lives in like where do you go to mix with people though because believe me I've gone on enough trips by myself and wandered around streets like I did last night looking for that perfect taco stand or just being kind of enthralled by all of it but the thing that's missing for me is people isn't that what makes a place? People, friends, family, conversation. Hey, it was nice meeting you, Larry. I really enjoyed the conversation, man. Take care of yourself. 
Hey, my friend really enjoyed meeting you, Bill. She said you guys had a really great conversation. It's just like interaction with people. So that's something that I'm kind of a little wary of right now um, about the States is that I think when we're in our little pods in a car, we go to another pod that is the echo chamber of Facebook with its algorithms. We've got our... Echo Dot or whatever our services with Alexa chiming in. We've got our phones listening to our words and inserting advertisements into our devices so that we can see them. It just seems very like kind of cunning now. And I think our psyche kind of takes a beating and I saw it with this like world event. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Can I say another thing about this? 23andMe. A good friend of mine named Trace Bloomer. She bought me a 23andMe kit for like five years ago for my birthday. I've, I'm, if anyone I don't know, knows anything about me, I'm adopted and I don't know my father. And I've been looking for my whole life. And um, I found one cousin. And I couldn't figure out why the paternal haplogroup, as they're called, like why that wouldn't be surfacing. And what I've come to realize is that... My family's from Tehran. This guy, my father, is from Tehran. I am Persian, I'm Turkish, and Kurdish. And this guy appears to be from Tehran. And they were really lovely um, about it because it's obviously somebody had gone out of wedlock. And they were nothing but lovely to me. I, I, I spoke with them on the phone. And they were in Tehran. And they said, like, no matter how you feel or how... How difficult this has been just know that you have you have family here and it was really powerful and literally like weeks later we're bombing them and it was the first time in my life and i just came back from doing like a creative writing block in the mekong delta with a friend of mine tony who's a vietnam veteran writing about his experience like but like when you start being attached in some strange remote way to People who are, who are are getting pushed around, it, it feels different. So this one felt really different for me. Let's move on. World events. Looks like our friend Prince Harry and his wife are taking quite a step. They're, they're stepping away from the royal family, which is crazy. Think about that. It's Isn't that interesting that that's pretty much what his mother was trying to do at the end of her life? And I read this quote by him, and I don't know if this is if, if this is a controversy in Britain right now. I, it's, it's an interesting topic. I'd love to chat with my friends about it. But he said this, and I thought it was really interesting. Again, there's probably more than meets the eye. I'm speaking way out of my my realm of understanding of the royals. But this quote is interesting. I've seen what happens when someone I love is commoditized to the point that they are no longer treated or seen as a real person. I lost my mother, and now I watch my wife falling victim to the same powerful forces. I'm going to go ahead and say that's pretty profound, man. He's like, I know the words to this song. I've been to the rodeo before. And, I mean, I used to go play the, B the BBC, um, do in, stu in, studi in studios, excuse me, in London. And, you know, there would always be, like, some stars or Damon Albarn or... I don't know, a writer or some kind of notable person in one of the, 
you know, doing an interview in the building and there would always be the paparazzi. And I've seen paparazzi when we did David Letterman, I think Natalie and Bruglia and like Penelope Cruz did it with us. And I saw them because they do two, ep they, they record two episodes, I think on Thursday. So they did. And it was like Angels and Airwaves and Natalie and Bruglia and I, us, me and, um, the band and Penelope Cruz and there was just like all these goons waiting outside with their cameras and I had to laugh a little bit I walked out I'm like not all at once please guys please let me have some some water I, I've worked for <laughs> they were like get the fuck out of here <laughs> um but I'd seen the same people kind of like hiding around um the offices of the BBC and you know there's like a I guess a mutual dynamic between them and agents or management or the BBC it's just kind of an understood ecosystem that has gone seriously off the tracks and I totally understand this kid I gotta be honest like what can I say dude put on his big boy pants he's like making moves over there he's he's uh he's he's, he's setting out on like a, a new path he's a chain breaker man um so anyways let's take a short break and when we come back I have some news about the record and music, and my new project, Pyrography. You are listening to Honor with William McCarthy. Be right back. Cobblestone, cobblestone, boy far from home. Ain't got no throne, ate a taco, bit down into a bone, chicken, mocajete, modelo especial, here I am looking at my passport, sitting at this table, and this is, this is what I worked for in my life, is to get to this place. Um... It's really interesting. This isn't like a vacation or a holiday. I'm like, I feel like I'm here doing like a writing, a writing block. Um, and it's nice. I walk the streets with like a sense of purpose. Like I'm here for a reason. I've been slowly integrating new songs into my set. I was doing some Joe Strummer stuff. Um, I was doing a couple Springsteen songs. I don't know if that's a little too obvious. I was working with doing some Colin Hay stuff. Each time I cover a song, I like do this exploration into their catalog and who they are because I don't want to be singing songs that I don't know anything about. I was doing some Warren Zevon stuff. And I'm just integrating them slowly along with my own songs, basically kind of enhancing the, the set. And I'm up to seven of them. So I've been doing my woodworking. I'm into this, this, this craft called pyrography. It's basically burning. If you ever saw the Lauren Hill the Lauren Hill Miseducation of Lauren Hill album cover that's it it's like the like wood burning I'm really into it and I'm really loving it just want to let you know that I'm walking through the streets I feel a sense of purpose it's a weird time in the world and maybe that's a little meditation here like I think our psyches can only take so much I wanted to release my my EP to the world next week but I just think we've all been through a little too much I think when, when I've had these feelings in my career, they've been pretty pretty spot on. So I think it's time to take a little step back and I'll release it when the world is ready for entertainment. And I know it's easy to say that maybe they are now, but 
I don't know. We almost just had World War III, so I'm going to take a little step back. I'm going to work on, uh, on some woodworking and singing. I really appreciate you listening to my podcast, guys. Keep your chins up. Protect that psyche. Take breaks. Love those around you. Don't give up. Don't give up hope. This is a joy, guys. I can't wait to get on tour. There's so much. There's just so much. And as I said before, if you're feeling at an impasse in your life or a crossroads, try Oaxaca. Been all around the world, man. There's just something very special about Mexico and Mexican people. Don't think I've really seen smiles like this before. I was just in Vietnam and I was speaking with this lesbian couple and they were lovely and they were talking about like acceptance and like how that didn't come easy, but it's there and things are changing. And this kind of new onslaught economically of China moving in and all this change happening. And I see that there's change here in Oaxaca and I see the, the kind of higher tier mole restaurants and the mezcal tastings and the tour groups, but I don't really feel like I want anything to do with that. I just want to sit and listen to the dogs howl and write down what that makes me feel like. Thank you guys. You've been listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from Oaxaca, Mexico. Un letrero